0: Good evening, everyone, and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I will be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. So, man, what a weird 2020 it's been, right? Where would you even begin to even talk about what's going on with 2020? We've had COVID-19, race riots, murder hornets, and now we're coming up on this uh, Godzilla sandstorm, they're calling it, coming from the Sahara that's going to blanket Portions of the south, southeastern United States to include Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Texas, may even get up here to the Tennessee area. I don't know. But man, I mean, are we seeing the beginning of the end of times? You know, maybe the Mayans had it wrong. Maybe they had their dates mixed up. Well, they obviously had their dates mixed up, right? Because nothing happened on December 21st, 2012, right? We're still here. But, uh, Man, it, they they say it was you know supposed to um, usher in a new era, and uh, maybe that's what this is all about. Maybe this is ushering in a new era. Who knows, man? It's just it's weird. I'm 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 really you know looking forward, I guess for lack of a better word, to 2021, <laughs> just to see what the hell the aftermath from 2020 is going to be if we even make it that far now when i'm recording this podcast it's a week before it's supposed to air and the sandstorm the godzilla sandstorm hasn't hit yet so i'm really uh looking forward to seeing what's going to happen um with with all that when it hits later on i guess it's going to be this weekend sometime it's uh I'm recording this on Friday the 26th of June, and this is supposed to hit sometime within the next few days. so uh yeah, I guess I'll be uh talking about that on the next podcast in July. <laughs> who knows, man? who knows? All right, so if you're a longtime listener of this podcast, you'll know that I'm absolutely fascinated. By the Nazis. No, okay, I'm not a racist, and I'm not a fan of Adolf Hitler or anything like that. However, I am intrigued by the occult practices of the Nazis and all of the conspiracy theories and mystery that surrounds these guys. And I think that a lot of you, my loyal listeners, are too, because my Nazi episodes always get high ratings. And over the past few years, I've been doing what I call a summer series where I devote three episodes of the podcast to the same topic. And several years ago on the very first summer series that I ever did, it was about Hitler and the Nazis. And all three episodes of that series just so happened to be in the top 10 most popular episodes in the history of the podcast. And Earlier this month in June, I did a topic on the Nazi hollow earth theory, and that was also well-received. So I've decided to make this year's summer series all about the Nazis again. Episode one was the Nazi hollow earth. Episode two is tonight. And episode three is going to be aired on August the seventh. So you're probably wondering, well, what is tonight's episode going to be about? Well, on tonight's journey into the realm of parareality, I'm going to take you, my loyal listeners, on a secret journey back in time to before Hitler came into power. We're going to journey all the way back to just before World War I and meet a man named Hans Hoburger who concocted a theory that was so outlandish that mainstream science and really anyone with any common sense wouldn't even attempt to believe. But when the Nazis came into power, they did. In fact, they sought to make horberger's theory the accepted theory on how the Earth and the universe was created. It's called glacial cosmology. And to learn more, you'll have to turn on Tune in and find out. However, before we begin tonight's journey, let me tell you how you can contact me here at the podcast, because as you know, there are several ways that you can do it, and here they are. First of all, you can email the show, sandman at parareality.com, that's sandman at parareality.com, Second, you can find me on Facebook by going to my Parareality page. Just look for, just go to facebook.com slash parareality. And uh, third, you can follow me on Twitter. My handle on Twitter is at PararealRadio. That's at PararealRadio. And lastly, you can always call the show on the studio line at 615 692 Seven zero and leave me a message that's six that's six one five six nine two one one seven zero leave me a message on the studio line and as i always say i'm, I'm in the studio a lot working uh, on the podcast and and you never know i just might answer the phone so if you you know call and i pick up hey surprise probably not going to happen though, but you know, you never know. Also, if you do decide to leave me a message or a comment or anything like that, just please remember this, just by leaving me that message, you're giving me permission to play your comment back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you'll need to let me know somewhere in your message, beginning, middle the end, I don't care. Just let me know somewhere in the message. And, uh, excuse me, I'm will never ever um give out personal information. If you say your name, um I uh will not play last names if you tell me, you know, hey, this is John Smith. I probably won't play the Smith part. I'll probably edit that out. Uh if you leave any contact info in there, if you like leave me your phone number or email address, I don't know why you want to leave me your phone number, but just just in case you do, I am not gonna play that. I listen to all the messages before I play them on the back on the podcast and I will edit them appropriately. So don't worry about me giving out any personal information. I will not do that. Uh, But like I said, if you don't want that comment or message played back, all you got to do is just tell me, Hey, I don't want any of this played back and I won't do it. I respect your, um, you know, right to, to privacy here. Um, so, um, Anyway, where was I? Yeah, I was telling you how you can get in touch with me here on the show. Uh, so here's, let me recap it all, the different ways you can contact me, sandman at parareality.com. That's my email address. Go to Facebook. Follow me there on Facebook. Join the Facebook page. That's facebook.com slash parareality. Follow me on Twitter. My username on Twitter is at pararealradio, para radio. Or you can always call the studio line, like I was saying, 615 692 1170, leave me a message. Now, I'm always looking for interesting stories to tell on the podcast. So, if you have some sort of interesting story that you'd like to uh, tell on the podcast, just call up the studio line, leave it on the the, the voicemail. And if you get caught off, cut off, it's, I think it's like a five minute limit, maybe something like that. If you get cut off, call back and uh, pick up where you left off. I'd love to hear what it is that you have to say. So those are all the different ways you can get in touch with me, Sandman, here on Parareality. And now it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for some fan mail. And let me pull it up here. This comes from longtime listener of the show, Kasima and Kasima is writing me in reference to the last podcast that the last podcast that I just did on the whole George Floyd crisis actor hoax thing. And Kasima writes, "Hey, I just listened to your podcast. I love how you keep my perspective ball rolling." and allowing me to see more sides of this situation. An idea for a podcast I thought of is the police history of America. I've talked with some others about RVA police history back in the 80s and 90s and our crack epidemic. Most seem to have no idea or care about police history, but if we really understood the real history, it may help others gain that perspective. Thanks for the real information and your opinions. This is by far my favorite podcast, and I'm hoping to join your Patreon soon to get more content. Thank you as well for working the front lines in this COVID-19 pandemic and still getting podcasts out. Don't give them fear. Continue to give them love. They can't use that against you. Thanks, Cosima. Well, Cosima, man, that was so good to hear from you again after... Uh, not hearing from you from several months. I appreciate the email and I appreciate um, you um, uh, giving the the suggestion for uh, a podcast. You know I just may I, I don't um, I don't always use everyone's suggestion, but I have never had one anyone suggest um, anything like that to to me about doing a, a history of policing in America not really too sure if that's going to fit in with the theme of the show or not uh but i'm open to it and i'm going to research some of this and who knows i I may just uh decide to take you up on that and and uh do a do a podcast episode about it think about it and it's kind of interesting and i appreciate you thanking me for my my job that i'm doing in the in the pandemic it it is um it can get to be tough, and uh, I don't know how I managed to, to still get podcasts out on a regular basis, but I somehow find the time. And uh, so referring to what you were saying about um, keeping your perspective ball rolling and allow you to see more sides of the situation. So, okay, it, it, you know, it's kind of like an elephant in the room, right? The, the, the last episode that I did was controversial to say the least and it was on um the george george floyd death and was it really done by crisis actors there was a a rumor going around on the internet that this was all crisis actors Uh, a lot of amateur conspiracy theorists got on their little soapbox and was pointing out this and that and the other and all these inconsistencies and weird stuff and how the Police officers, actually, a crisis actor that has was involved in the Sandy Hook shooting, and so was some other lady, and blah blah blah, and this that the you other. Know, they presented all this evidence, and I just thought that was a real travesty. I, I, I it, you know, that is just grasping just for straws, just trying to come up with anything you can to throw a wrench in the situation and create more chaos and discord. And I thought that it would be a good idea since. That was a conspiracy theory, and the, that fits in right in with the theme of this show, this podcast, right? I thought it would be great for me to incorporate that into this podcast, and that is that was my way of, you know, trying to uh, participate in what was going on with the with the with America and, and not necessarily America, but the whole entire world, and so. I thought, man, this is also a great chance for me to do a a social experiment. So what I did was I I created a Facebook ad campaign for that episode of the podcast and uh, sent it out. And boy, I'll tell you what, man, I got so many negative comments from people just because in the campaign, the ad campaign, on the little uh, banner that I created, I asked the question, was the George Floyd death all faked? And people, all they did was saw just, they just read that they honed in on that. Didn't care about anything else. And I got negative posts like crazy on my podcast page. Matter of fact, I had to edit some of them out and, 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 uh, you know, delete them because of the vulgarity. And I know I drop an f-bomb here and there, and say the s-word, and curse every so often, and stuff like that. But I try not to do it uh, on my Facebook page, for God's sakes. Um, you know, is it, it? I just, I just don't want to do that. You know, that's not the image that I want to portray. And I even posted with the ad campaign on my Facebook page that this was not in any way, shape, or form promoting that George Floyd's death was staged. I was not promoting racial inequality. I was not promoting violence. I was not promoting intolerance. And people did not seem to care about that. As a matter of fact, all they wanted to do was be intolerant and vulgar. And, you know, if you are going to be protesting something, let's take racism, vulgarity, and intolerance. You cannot protest racism, vulgarity, and intolerance by being racist, vulgar, and intolerant. And that's what these people were doing. And no one really cared they were angry for angry for anger's sake they were uh saying negative things just to say negative things and it was really really um as far as a social experiment goes it was a success because i got uh some good information back on that but you know despite the fact that i uh made it perfectly clear that the episode and by the way this was people were commenting on this way before the episode aired they didn't even have any idea what the episode was going to contain because I didn't want to know and even despite the fact that I posted on the Facebook page with the ad campaign that this was in no way advocating that it was a crisis acting situation as a matter of fact in the episode, I told you that it was BS, that there was no way that that was crisis acting, and that there's no way that people should even be trying to promote this idea that it was, because that's just spreading discord and chaos. But the people on Facebook didn't want to hear that. They didn't didn't want to know that information. All they wanted to know was All they cared about was that, oh, some guy said, uh, asked the question, was the George Floyd death faked? And I got a bunch of negative comments. Well, let me tell you, I really was so close to like calling all of these people out on this podcast episode right here by name. But you know what? I'm better than that. I'm not going to do that. But what I will say to all you people is you should all be ashamed of yourselves. You are the very problem that's going on. You're being intolerant and you're being closed-minded you cannot protest closed-mindedness and intolerance by being closed-minded and intolerant yourself it doesn't work that way and nobody nobody after i explained everything nobody had the kind decency to come back to me and say oh i understand now i'm sorry i was mistaken Or I listened to your podcast and now I see what you were trying to do. Not 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 a one of them, which just goes to show that they don't care and they obviously didn't listen to the podcast episode. They're just being angry and intolerant just because they can. And as I've said several times already, you cannot fight racism, anger, and intolerance by being racist, angry, and intolerant. And that's what people like that are doing, and, and those people are contributing to the problem that we have, not just in America, but in the world. And all of them need to be 100% ashamed of themselves, but they're probably too arrogant to even realize it. So thanks, Kasima, for writing to me, and uh, thanks for understanding what it was that I was trying to do. And I'm glad that you listened to the show and to that episode specifically, and that you totally and completely understood And I want you to know that uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't agree with something that I have to say, that's fine. You can email me, comment, whatever. I, I don't care. The way that I see it, my job on this podcast is to present the evidence to you, the listener, and then let you make up your own mind as to whether you believe it or not. I may have an opinion, and I may tell you what that opinion is, but it's not my job to try to sway you one way or the other. I have no preset agenda for anything like that. So thank you, Cosima, for writing in, and now let's get on with the show. And let's take a journey back, way back to over, well, right before World War I. As a matter of fact, you know, in, in the 1920s and the 1930s, now this was obviously after World War I, but before World War II, but in the 20s and 30s, artists and writers flocked to France and to Spain, but the scientists, they went to Germany. Physics and mathematics flourished in universities around the nation. And then the trouble started. Universities were public institutions and the state could control the faculty of the universities. Then in Germany, the Nazis took over, they imposed their ideology, and one of the most advanced scientific nations in the world basically destroyed itself. The dismissal of Jews and anyone who objected to such dismissals and any visitor whose country Might soon be at war with Germany was only the first step. The Nazis soon took to banning the teaching of what they called Jewish science, and by which they meant like the theory of relativity. Unfortunately for them, not teaching something doesn't make it any less true, it only allows a lot of false things to be taught. And to fill the intellectual void, they decided to promote what they termed as acceptable scientists. Nazis came to believe a lot of strange and horrific ideas as they built up their Third Reich and attacked the world. One of the wildest and the wildest was this theory about the creation of the universe that Hitler and some of his other top Nazis promoted called the World Ice Theory, or or as They called it for short, well, W-E-L, also known as glacial cosmology. This obviously discredited concept was developed by an Austrian engineer and inventor inventor named Hans Horbiger, who was one of the acceptable scientists that the Nazis promoted. He wrote a book in 1912 where he essentially claimed that ice is the basic element in all cosmic events. In fact, ice moons, ice planets, and something called global ether, in other words, what he was saying was made of ice, controlled the development of the universe. Now, Hans Horbiger was an Austrian engineer. And over a century ago, in 1894... He designed a valve which improvised, excuse me, which improved, not improvised, which improved steel production, and that thing is still in use today for things like high-pressure chemistry. Now, he was involved in the construction of the Budapest Metro System, which is the third oldest electrified underground rail railroad, railroad, I can't even say it, in the world, and that was completed in 1896. But what he is most famously known for is a dream that he had and the pseudoscientific theory that it led to. So how did the Austrian arrive at these conclusions? It wasn't through research. It was by having this dream, this vision. One day in 1894... Horberger was looking at the moon and suddenly hypothesized that it was made of ice. So what else could account for its brightness and its round shape? And later, he had a dream where he was floating in space while staring at a swinging pendulum which grew longer and longer until it broke off. And he said, I knew that Newton had been wrong and that the sun's gravitational pull ceases to exist at 3 times the distance of neptune now how he figured that out i don't know what what caused him to just say that how uh, well it just you know divine intervention i guess so horbiger spent the next few years working on this theory which he called the world ice theory and he claimed that a small waterlogged star fell into a much bigger star causing an explosion and the water that was flung out into space and froze in the ice cold vastness of space, the darkness of the universe. This ring of stars became the Milky way galaxy. And he used this same theory to explain the origins of the planets of other solar systems, the global ether that I mentioned, and and even the moon. Now, Horbinger didn't believe there was any star other than that of the sun. The lights that everyone saw twinkling in the sky, he says in his book, were nothing more than distant glaciers reflecting the light from the sun. Now, he admits the existence of other planets but insists that Earth is the only planet not covered by ice how convenient is that there's no other sun everything you see that's it's twinkling in the night all these stars are just they're just glaciers floating around out in the universe reflecting the light of the Sun there's other planets but but the earth is the only one that's not covered by eyes because we're special. I guess that's how he explains life on earth, right? In fact, Horbiger said that the earth and everything else in the universe would slowly spiral into the sun and be burned. And that would be the end of the universe in its entirety. And to top it off, he believed in a Teutonic Atlantis, which he claimed had been destroyed when the earth, quote-unquote, captured the moon. Now, after he met an amateur astronomer and school teacher named Philip Foth, who was known for creating a large lunar map, these two became friends and they collaborated on explaining the ice theory in the book uh, Glacial Cosmology that uh, Horbinger wrote, and it was published in 1912. Now, of course, the gist of their idea was that the solar system was born of a gigantic star into which had uh, another star had crashed, which, which was dead, but yet it was filled with water. And the resulting explosion threw the smaller star's bits all over the interstellar space where water condensation froze them into enormous blocks of ice. A ring of these blocks created what we now know as the Milky Way galaxy as well as a host of other solar systems. The large outer planets of the system are that size because they swallowed a large number of ice blocks. The inner planets, like the Earth, haven't consumed as much ice but get pummeled by ice all the time, which is, of course, in the form of meteors. Wild theory. Now, theory also says that our current moon is not the first one we've had. In fact, several other ones, of course made of ice, were destroyed by crashing into the earth. Offshoot ideas by Horbiger's followers actually linked the flood described in the Bible and Atlantis's supposed existence and destruction to the fall of prior moons. So we've had more than just one moon that we see now. We've had several apparently other moons and at I guess random times they just decide to oops slip out of orbit around the earth and crash into us. Causing floods and catastrophic disasters. Um, maybe that's how, maybe that's what really killed the dinosaurs. I mean, if you look at it that way, Horberger said that the meteors that fall to Earth are actually made of ice. So if the meteors are made of ice, and the moon is made of ice. And the moon, we've had more than one moon, and these prior moons that we've had have crashed into the earth. Maybe one was big enough, and it crashed into the earth, and that's what destroyed all of the dinosaurs. And uh, that sounds, hey, why not, right? Now, I, admittedly, I have not read Horbiger's book, Glacial Cosmology, and I probably am not going to because I don't really have any desire. I think to read something like that. Uh, I don't even know if it's still you can still buy it. Uh, I'm going to assume that you can, but why would you want to read it? You know, it, 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 I guess just to just to read it, just to. For a good laugh. I don't know. I have no idea. Oh. So, anyway, understandably, this theory was rejected by pretty much all of academia. It contradicted all known laws of physics. Go figure. When Horbiger was challenged about his equations that he had, which, by the way, didn't add up, his statement was calculation can only lead you astray. Well that's convenient. Don't try to calculate this because you'll you know it, it doesn't make sense. That's just because it's just leading you astray. Don't don't try to calculate it. Just believe it because I'm telling you, you know, and I mean worked for Hitler, right? I guess wh- why why could try it for himself. Whatever. Um uh, so getting back to like challenging him, people would would show him photographs that showed that the Milky Way was a lot larger than what he claimed. And he said the pictures had been faked by quote-unquote reactionary astronomers. In other words, he accused them of an early version of what we now know today is fake news. So fake news going all the way back to the early... 1900s between what 19 let's say between 1912 when this book came out and 1920 <laughs> wow and he once told a uh, a man by the name of willie lay who was a leading german rocket scientist the following either you believe in me and learn or you'll be treated as the enemy now what treating him as the enemy is, I don't know, but that just goes to show you how militant Horbinger was about his philosophy. And I understand, um, you know, coming up with a theory and and wanting it to be proven and all this, like the, the the dumbass flat earthers out there who keep trying to prove that the Earth is flat, but yet all the experiments that they do show that it's curved, that it's round because it is. And then so they will deliberately try to take their experiments and fit a calculation or fit a theory in there or fit something in there to make it work where the earth is flat. Well, you can't change the laws of physics and you can't change the laws of the universe to make it fit. With what you believe it is. You just if 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 you believe something and then science proves you wrong, then you pretty much need to say, I was wrong. Because if you keep on going with your dumbass theories, like Horbinger did and like the flat earthers do, you're just gonna wind up looking like nothing more than an idiot. So while the ideas that Horbinger had, his theory didn't find any type of immediate acceptance. His efforts after World War One to publicize their theory did eventually pay off. He did manage to somehow create a whole movement promoting the ice world vision through things like uh, societies, like secret societies, going on a public lecture tour, uh, there was uh more than one movie apparently made about it. He went on radio programs he uh, was interviewed in magazines and uh, uh, some books were written about his theory and and I mean he, like he went on like the whole media blast tour like what people do today except there was no internet and he couldn't get and create his own youtube channel you know uh, and uh, it there was no television so what did you have you had the radio and you had the written word and he used them all apparently used them all very well because he created um a whole movement after after doing all this now horbinger died in 1931 so well before World War II, but his plan that he had worked, and soon there were many adherents of the world ice theory. They formed groups, and they published newspapers, and there were companies, believe it or not, that would only hire other adherents of the theories. If you didn't believe in world ice theory, you didn't get hired. Or maybe if you were already employed there and you all of a sudden said, oh, I don't believe this anymore, they fired you. Now, that was amazing. I mean, can you imagine what would happen now? I guess it was on a, I guess they asked you that there in the interview or maybe it was on the job application. Do you believe in Wiltshire? You know, yes or no. Can you imagine what would happen now in these days if a company would not hire you based upon your religious beliefs? Like, you know, imagine being interviewed and the interviewer says, uh, well, Mr. Smith, um, do you believe in God? And if you say, well, no, I don't. All right, you're not hired. Ooh, can you imagine what would happen? Man, there would be all kind of lawsuits all over that, man. So uh, followers of uh, the world ice theory would attend legitimate scientific lectures and like heckle the people who were speaking. And one of the reasons for the eventual spread of Horbiger's ideas is that he positioned them in opposition to mainstream science. And in the German society of that time, Iconoclastic ideas were bound to fill willing ears. One of the early supporters of the world ice theory was a man by the name of Houston Stuart Chamberlain, who was a leading theorist of the developing National Socialist Party, or the Nazi Party. So back then, at that time, the Nazi Party coming into power they're saying, go against the grain. Don't believe the man. Don't believe what the man is telling you. This We're your saviors. This is what you need to believe. Go against society and unlearn all that you have learned. Does that sound familiar? As a matter of fact, Warbringer's followers decided to line up their views even more with the National Socialism the ice world theory became German, the German antithesis to what was known as Jewish physics, and specifically through the te- theory of relativity, what was developed by Albert Einstein, who was a German. He was a Jew, but he was still German, right? Supporters of the theory were known to say things like, "And this is this kills me right here." But the, uh, in the research that I did, this this quote kept coming up over and over again. And this is what it says. Our Nordic ancestors grew strong in ice and snow. Belief in the cosmic ice is consequently the natural heritage of Nordic man. Is that crazy or what? And they also saw the fact that these ideas were coming from unprofessional, quote unquote, scientists as a vindication of amateurism. In fact, Hitler, the Fuhrer himself, was also an amateur who was going to save their race and change the world according to his ideology, according to his way of thinking. And like I said, the Nazis were coming in, and they were saying, don't believe the man. They're lying to you. We're telling you the truth. And look, this is one of the truths that we are telling you. The world is made of ice, and so are all the other planets on the universe. The moon is, is made as is a big ball of ice. One day we're all going to spiral in towards the sun, and the universe is going to end. And people were believing it simply because they wanted to go Against the grain. They wanted to go against the man, which is one of the things that you're seeing now today. You know, the old saying is that history is doomed to repeat itself. Well, you know, Hitler and the Nazis took all of German history and basically wadded it up and shredded it, threw it on a big fire and burned it up, and they wanted to create their own history. And that's what's going on right now with all these racial riots that we're having where people are like, oh, we have to tear down these, these uh, statues of Confederate soldiers. we got to tear them down, and we're going to erase history, and we're going to re- rewrite it, and we're going to make our own history. No, you don't need to do that. You need to remember these people. You need to remember your history and where you came from because if you don't, you're doomed to repeat it just like the old Advert goes. You're doomed to repeat it. And one thing you got to remember, and I'm going to get off on a little rant here, then I'll get back. But one thing you've got to remember is every person, every soldier who fought in the Civil War was an American patriot, plain and simple. It doesn't matter what side they were fighting on. They were fighting for the ideals and beliefs that they adhered to. They were fighting for what they thought their version of America should be. So they were all patriots. Just because that one was on the north and the other was on the south doesn't make one evil or one good, doesn't make one more right and the other more wrong. There were patriots, all of them. They were fighting for what they thought the ideal America should be. And the Civil War was way more about slavery. Yes, slavery was a portion of it, but it was more about the South being um, held back by the North because the North was industrial, they had all the money, the South was agricultural, and they depended upon the North for their survival. And the North was screwing them when it came to money, and the South didn't like it. And there was it's a lot more complicated than that. It's not just black and white, and it's not just about slavery. It's totally not just about slavery. But, you know, tearing down statues and renaming schools is not going to change history. Once history is written, it's written. But, but there is another saying that, that, you know, the victors write the history books, so the North did win. So, I don't know. The, the black race, did they win? Mm, I don't know, looks like they are right now you know uh, but it, it's it's bad to to try to rewrite history because you'll be doomed to repeat it and I certainly hope I pray to God that we don't see some huge backlash and us take a couple of hundred year steps backwards and we start having things like segregation again and 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 you know, uh, everything is, is separated between, you know, the white man and the black man and the yellow man and the red man and all this other sorts of stuff. That's that's taking a, a, a huge, huge step back, and we do not need to do that. We need to remember why we were fighting, and we need to remember, yep, there's a statue here that this guy was a Confederate, but we need to remember, you know, this guy was also a patriot, but he was fighting— For a losing cause. You don't have to agree with why he was fighting. But you need to remember that he was fighting. Anyway, that's my soapbox on that. Which has nothing to do with world ice theory, does it? Sorry about that. I just got got off on a tangent there for a second. So, we're getting back to world ice theory and science. So, the more physicists pointed out that the world ice theory made no sense, the more its followers rejected these guys, claiming that their science had been tainted by their mainstream studies and the cronyism of academia. Facts were ignored in favor of feelings, evidence rejected as part of a conspiracy, and experts were accused of being part of a cover-up. Wow, it sounds so familiar, doesn't it? Look at what's going on right now, the same damn thing. One of those who became a fan of the world ice theory was the aforementioned Houston Stuart Chamberlain, a British-born German philosopher, most famous for writing the uh, racial theories of the Nazi party in his book Foundations of the 19th Century. Now, he wrote of the coming war between the Aryan nation on one side and the Jews, the Asians, and people of color on the other side. He saw Horbiger's theory as a way of, and I'm quoting here, once and for all getting rid of the heavy burden of inherited and indoctrinated Jewish concepts. He also wrote that one of the most fatal errors of our time is that which impels us to give too great of a weight to the so-called results of science. The rejection of Jewish science in favor of world ice theory was also accepted by none other than the Fuhrer himself, Adolf Hitler. He even said, and I quote, there is a Nordic and national socialist science which is opposed to Judeo-liberal science. And Hitler actually planned to build a museum in Linz that was dedicated to Orbiger, once the war was over. So indeed, along with Adolf Hitler came Heinrich Himmler, one of the most powerful Nazis who was also in charge of the SS. And Himmler took a big liking to the ice world theory or the world ice theory. And in fact, um, Hitler planned to build a planetarium along, thanks to uh, some goading from from Himmler, he planned to build a a planetarium along with the museum in Lentz, where a whole floor would be dedicated to Horbiger's theory. Now, he's also known to have suggested that the world ice theory could one day replace Christianity. That is amazing that they thought this was going to be so big that it was going to replace Christianity. Now, would. Such powerful backing, Horbiger's ideas, naturally they spread widely throughout Nazi Germany with the German Horbiger organization, which was a thing, and it enlisted thousands of members. After all, if the government's going to support this, then there's a lot of people that are going to support it too. So the world ice theory became the official scientific doctrine of the Third Reich. The ice and snow became part of of the Aryan mythology, and followers would say things like, you know, our Nordic ancestors grew strong in ice and snow. Belief in the cosmic ice is consequently the natural heritage of the Nordic man. I already said that a while ago, but that's that's one of the quotes that kept coming up over and over again in my research. So the struggle between ice and fire was seen as the battle between you know, good and evil, and the Nazis being, you know, on the side of goodness and righteousness, and I guess everybody else being evil? I don't know. So why have the scientific brilliance of Einstein when you can promote the theories of a man who believed that the universe was one big ball of ice mirrors? After World War II, understandably, the theory lost a lot of its influence, like all of it, It experienced small resurgences occasionally just like maybe to remind us that personal belief is generally not science. And if you build a whole philosophy just because you don't like the people who came up with the much better and provable scientific philosophy, you're bound to end up in like the dustbin of history. So in conclusion here, what do I think? I don't think you really have to stretch it to think what I, to know what I think. So look, there, there were many explanations of why the Nazis didn't create an atomic bomb before the Americans, including the fact that there were virtually no Jewish scientists left in Germany by that time. The rejection of physics and belief in a universe made of ice probably was a contributing factor. We talk a lot about the importance of remembering history so we don't repeat it. I've already said that a couple of times here. Yet, how many people today remember Horbinger's world ice theory, which was primarily based on the rejection of science and reason? Not a lot of people. Horbinger died in 1931, and it would probably have been best if his theory had died with him. It's hard to believe that anyone could, could believe the world ice theory, given that people had literally been able to see that other planets, which are not covered in ice in the least. They had been able to see this for quite some time. But that's what happens when you dismantle your own national brain trust. And we are so close loyal listeners, to doing that exact same thing again. Look at what's going on around us. See the destruction that's taking place. People are trying to destroy our history, and they're trying to rewrite it, and they're wanting us to believe that things are happening that's not. And it is out of control. It has reached the point to where it is has totally and completely spiraled 100% out of control. And I'm not just talking about the people who are doing the writing these days. I'm not just talking about Antifa. I'm not just talking about Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about our news agencies and our own federal government. There's so many people who are guilty of doing this. And I'm telling you, the outcome for this is not gonna be good in the end. And that does it for tonight's episode. I still have a few minutes left. For once, I didn't ramble on too much and go over be worried about going over time. But as I always say, it's my podcast and I'll do what I want. Right. (laughs) Well, I hope that you enjoyed. Tonight's episode of Parareality, let me know what your ideas and thoughts about it are. Send an email to me, that's sandman at parareality.com, sandman at parareality.com, or get in touch with me through my social media accounts, Parareality on Facebook or Parareal Radio on Twitter. Parareality on Facebook, just go to facebook.com slash parareality, or on Twitter you look for at radio Radio. You can also call the studio line at 615-692-1170 and leave me a message. Just remember, leaving me a message is giving me permission to play that message back on the air. So if you don't want to do that, you don't want me to do that, let me know somewhere in your message. The studio line number, once again, is 615-692-1170. And, you know, don't forget about the website, Parareality.com. You can go there to keep up on all the latest paranormal news from all around the world. I do have a news section of the website, and that content is updated almost daily. You can uh, go to Parareality.com, click on the Extras tab, and You can shop in the Parareality Radio store. I've got a new store. I've got a whole bunch of new swag in the store. New shirts and more items are being added all the time. And uh, shopping in the Parareality Radio store is one way to help me keep this podcast back on the air because it costs a lot of money to do this, and I don't really make money to do it. So every red cent that I earn goes right back into trying to produce quality paranormal programming for you, my loyal listeners. And don't forget, I like I said, I have the news section on the website. So just go to Parareality.com and click on the news link where you can keep up with all the paranormal news. So content is updated almost daily. Click on that extras tab and you can shop in the Parareality radio store and watch some of the completely terrible videos that I've made for the show over the years. Man, they're horrible, but I got them up there for your horrible viewing pleasure. (laughs) Feel free to make fun of me, okay? It's perfectly fine. And you can actually follow my social media accounts right at the bottom of the parareality.com homepage. Now, social media is where you can find out all about what's happening behind the scenes of the podcast because that's where I post a lot of interesting articles and show topics and other interesting stuff like my travels and my investigations. Parareality.com is really your one-stop shopping for everything that's going on in the world of the paranormal, especially what's happening here on Parareality. Speaking of Parareality, this podcast can be heard on your favorite podcast station. The show is available on Spreaker, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Player FM, Deezer, CastBox, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Just look for YouTube. Uh, just look for YouTube. Just go to YouTube and look for Parareality, the number one out behind it, Parareality 1 on YouTube. Uh, if you have any of those above mentioned um, podcast platforms just that, that you prefer, just look for Parareality in a search. And if you have a smart speaker, you can listen there too. If you have any of those already mentioned podcast skills on your smart speaker, just say play the Para Reality podcast and bam, you are listening to Para Reality. And I now have a Patreon account for the podcast and I'd love it if you sign up to be a patron. There are 3 tiers of support and all are extremely affordable at $5 a month or less. Each level offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest on the podcast or even a co-host. To learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality and check it out. 100% of the proceeds from Patreon goes back into producing this very podcast. So I can continue to bring you, as I said, quality paranormal programming here on Pair Reality. All right, everybody, the next episode of Pair Reality is going to air on Friday, July 17, 2020, at 8 o'clock p.m. Central U.S. Time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out on Friday, July 17, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. I hope that this podcast open your mind up to new ways of thinking, expand your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change, you must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. I hope you have a wonderful evening, a wonderful weekend, and I will see you again in a couple of weeks. If you wish to change... You must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.